Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome indeed to the Inner Life here on this Tuesday, December 7th. I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad to have you joining us for this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And I want to say a big thank you to Patrick Connolly, who filled in for me yesterday as I took the day off to just spend some time with my family. And uh, Patrick does such a wonderful job. But I also hope you've been able to carve out a little bit of time in the coming weeks to spend some time with your family and other loved ones during the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. And when you do have that time with your family, of course, sharing a meal is always a regular way to celebrate those times of being together. So in your home, if your kids are still younger and living at home with you, or maybe if you have grandkids come and visit or you know other relatives... Do you have them help you in the kitchen, have them assist in preparing whatever the meal is going to be, the food that's going to be served? We ended up doing that this past Sunday. I always like to try new recipes with my kids. And so my daughter, Kana, she and I, we tried making a bolognese sauce. I've also heard it pronounced bolognese, but it's a sauce that goes with pasta And it's supposed to be this very meaty kind of sauce. And at the end, if you were to look at it with no knowledge of what went into it, you might not be able to guess some of the ingredients because when we mixed it into the pasta right before dishing it up on plates for everyone that evening, it looked like a very thick sauce, almost kind of had this gravyish kind of texture and a lot of ground beef in it. But it had a lot of things that went into it that we didn't see there at the end. It started with a mixture of onions and carrots and celery, and these all saute in some olive oil and butter, and they soften up. And then you throw in some ground beef, you brown that, and this is followed up by adding in several cups of whole milk. But then that milk, it simmers for a long time until almost all of the liquid has evaporated, and you're left with this very thick mixture. And then you do the same thing with wine. Wine is tossed in and it it also simmers until almost all of that liquid is evaporated. And finally, at the end, we added in some canned tomatoes along with their liquid. And once that went in, then everything is left to simmer there. Very, very slow simmer for maybe three to four hours. And it just reduces and concentrates all those flavors. And the only seasoning that the recipe called for was some salt, some pepper, and a little bit of freshly ground nutmeg. And when it was done, after it had been simmering for hours there on the stove, you couldn't tell that there had ever been any milk or any wine in it at any stage just by looking at it. You could hardly see any remnants even of the onions or the celery. And there were tiny little pieces of carrot that you could see, but only if you were really looking for them. But all those ingredients, they added layers of flavor and texture to this smooth, velvety meat sauce that we mixed with some noodles for dinner that night. But even though the milk and the wine and all of the vegetables, they seem to be mostly absent in the final product of that bolognese sauce, even though you didn't notice them that much in the end, 
you would definitely know that something was missing if they hadn't been part of the sauce. They all made that sauce rich and complex. They added those layers of flavor and texture. And we, we kind of have that same thing that happens in our faith. We have the basics, those key things, the things that are fundamental to our living and our practicing our faith. But we also have the ability to add depth, kind of those layers of flavor in how we live our Catholic faith. Things that we might not notice on the surface, but if they were missing, something wouldn't seem quite right. And one of the ways that we can do this, we can add that depth, add that flavor, is through the use of sacramentals. What is a sacramental? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today on The Inner Life, understanding what sacramentals are and how they can benefit our spiritual life. And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Peter Armenio is back with us once again. Father Peter is a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching, retreats, and days of recollection. Father Peter, so glad to have you back here with us again on The Inner Life. Back, but Josh, you're making me really hungry. I love oh, pasta a la bolognese. Jim, one of my producers... Yeah, Jim, one of my producers, he hates every time that I start talking about food uh, here on The Inner Life because we both get into the office fairly early and uh, where we're broadcasting, it's central time. So it's just before lunchtime. So Jim, he just starts listening and he says, oh, you're, you're, you're torturing me here when you start talking about food. But yeah, <laughs> now <laughs> it's... Uh, I it's... early too, as it were. I have the same problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're ready for lunch now? Yeah, but that'll take a while, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's talk about sacramentals, Father. Sure. Um, first of all, let's talk about what they are. Some of the most common ones that we might know of, even if the, if we don't realize that they are sacramentals, things like when we cross ourselves with holy water, when we pray the uh, rosary, having a crucifix on the wall. So uh, how does the Church define sacramentals? What are they? Well, sacramentals are connected with sacraments, and uh, maybe I should explain briefly what a sacrament is. Sacrament is a medium through which the resurrected Christ, in an invisible way, which sacramental partially means invisible, mysterious, it's a loaded word, actually touches your life directly. That's And those, there's seven ways that Christ directly affects the human soul, the human heart, the human person, as it were. And uh, and it does spiritually what it signifies spiritually. Um, no, it does spiritually what it signifies physically. Uh, brief example, when water is poured on that individual, and you say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that symbol of washing actually removes all stain of sin, both original and personal. Um, when there's bread and wine on the altar, and you say the words of the, the priest is the words of the consecration, um, Christ uh, offers his life, it's the same sacrifice, but brought to the present in a sacramental way, again, mystical, invisible, same sacrifice. And that bread and wine is no longer bread and wine. All right, so Christ touches you, and when you receive the Eucharist, I mean, he couldn't touch you more because you actually receive the resurrected Christ. And on and on and on. 
But Christ intervenes in a marriage, in holy orders, anointing of the sick, the sacrament of reconciliation, that what happens there, well, that, that parable of the prodigal son is re, renewed, reiterated, and he sacramentally gives you a hug and throws a big party and forgives all your sins as long as you've, you want that forgive, forgiveness through repentance. So sacraments is where Christ intervenes most directly. Um, and and you receive a certain kind of grace through certain kind of functions. For example, the Eucharist, you receive the grace to love with the heart of Christ, to be transformed into Christ as long as you have the right dispositions, uh, confession, uh, as long as you're sorry, all sin is removed. Uh, you could begin again, you're a new woman, new man, etc. Um, where sacramental is it gets you ready to receive a sacrament more more readily it 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 improves your dispositions your your potential to absorb that grace that is meant for the sacraments it kind of it's sort of like what uh happened with uh, this you know uh explanation of uh, of pasta bolognese that uh, it whets your appetite to receive the real thing. And so, and also it helps you um, connect with God. It's, it, it, you know, if you want to be theological, it gives you actual graces. Actual graces disposes you for union with Christ, disposes you for sanctifying grace, which makes you Christ-like. Uh, let me just give you a few examples. For example, if you go to... Uh, Solemn exposition, Eucharistic exposition, or adoration and benediction, uh, unless people have allergies to smoke, they use what you call incense. And there's sacramentals right there. The fact that you burn incense is a sign of the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, the the cold, I mean, maybe I'm taking this too far, but the cold being heated up and red hot is a symbol of our own personal transformation in Christ. But the heart of that incense is that smoke rising. And smoke rising is a symbol of prayer. It's supposed to invite us to pray. And even under the guise of prayer, specifically, it's a prayer of adoration. That's why the Church uh, recommends strongly to use incense when you put the blessed expose the blessed sacrament in a monstrance as a way it's a it's symbolic sign of the faithful's act of adoration so next time the the priest is swinging that smoke that's an invitation okay that smoke is a reminder and a gesture of adoration of the blessed sacrament and then when you get the benediction the blessing with the blessed sacrament i mean ideally more incense should be swung. Solemn Mass is the same thing. You incense the gospel. Why? Well, because the gospel is the words of Jesus, and Jesus is God, uh, man and God, and you that incense is a sign of adoration. Um, if you really want to be a stickler, a stickler um, we, you know, St. Mary of the Angels, we have these Novena Masses. I'm going to do the uh, Vigil for Immaculate Conception tonight, and I will swing incense Three times, two, two swings, three different times for the crucifix because that symbolizes adoration of God, 
and I will swing that uh, incense twice in front of an image of Mary because she's not God. She's the mother of God, so she doesn't get three. She gets two. And But I get three after the lavab, after the washing of the hands, uh, fingers. Why? Because I'm, I'm more special than the Blessed Mother? Uh, please uh, spare me of that uh, silly thought. But at, because of holy orders, I act in the place of Christ. So you're swinging it at Christ, not at Peter Armenia. So that's, that's, that, that's an example of a sacramental. Um, so, Josh, if you want me to go, I could, I could, a scapular. Okay, it's not well, magic. But before, yeah. before you get into that, maybe we can talk yeah. here, because you, you, you mentioned a few different things. One, sure. um, you know, is the fact that the sacramentals, they help to improve our disposition so that we're ready to receive the sacraments, maybe in yeah. a better way. But you also talked about the sacraments, you know, that we receive actual grace. And you gave the example of with the Eucharist. We receive the Eucharist. The grace that's given there is to love in a that's, better that's way, in a way that, that, that yeah. yeah, represents Christ's perfect love for us. Now, since there's that actual grace that's received in the sacraments, and the sacraments, they help improve our disposition to receive that grace, do we receive any sort of grace from the use of sacramentals as well? Uh, well, an actual grace, see, sac- in a sacrament, as long as we're in the condition, we, sanctifying grace makes us more Christ-like. That's the, the simple version. But, you know, it u- unites us more with God, okay? Um, it uh, transforms us more. You know, that's sanctifying grace, holy. We become holy. Uh, uh, actual grace is a grace that make, helps, it, it accentuates our desire, so when I use that holy water, if I you know just reflect on what I'm doing, it's a, sig- a sign of repentance. It's 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 a reflection of my baptism. It's uh, it's an invitation to be sorry for my sins. And so yes, it, it it disposes me to be contrite, and it disposes me ultimately uh, to receive uh, the benefit of sacrament of reconciliation. It disposes me for the Eucharist. I'm going into Mass. Uh, that's why the Mass begins with the penitential rite. And so the holy ro- uh, use of holy water is you know, a very mini penitential rite. And so and even the sign of the cross is a little bit of a penitential rite because Jesus died for our sins. And it's, uh, it's basically, it's, it's the logo or the password uh, or the sign language, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what this, you know, you pay with your life in the early church doing something like that. And that's, and, or, you know, even before the gospel, you, you cross your forehead, your lips, and your, your heart, which is, okay, I, this is Christ talking to me, and I want my mind uh, to absorb the, the Word of God. I want my heart moved by the Word of God, and I want to speak the Word of God, you know. So it disposes you. Holy Word does not forgive mortal sin. Uh, theologians say, the Church says too, it can forgive venial sins, um, but it doesn't, uh, uh, does it increase your sanctifying grace? I would say technically not. It gives you a little bit of a, a get-up-and-go feeling to pray more, to do deeds of charity, to receive the sacraments with more faith and love, which ultimately gives you more sanctifying grace. So that's, that's, that's the difference. You know, the sacramental is kind of connected with the sacraments in terms of it 
kind of preps you for it, gets you ready, especially the Eucharist, you know, and confession. Right. Um, well, a lot of them. I mean, uh, anointing of the sick, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Father, let me invite our listeners into the conversation here, too. We're speaking with Father Peter Arminio today. He's a priest of Opus Dei. As we're talking about sacramentals, and how about you? What what sacramentals have helped you on your faith journey? How have they enriched your spiritual life? How have they helped you so that you have that better disposition to receive the Eucharist, to enter into the confessional and receive the sacrament of reconciliation? How have they helped you grow in your love and your devotion to Christ? Uh, maybe you have a question about a particular sacramental, and our studio line to call in is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, you mentioned the bronze scapular. Let's pick up on that coming up next here. Uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our Spiritual Director, Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei. And today we're talking about sacramentals. And what are the sacramentals that have helped you in your faith journey? Uh, Ones that you have leaned on, that have enriched your spiritual life, helped you to grow in your love, your devotion for Christ. Or maybe you have a question about a sacramental, something that uh, has been one of those questions just lingering for years and years, and you'd like to ask Father Peter about it, you can call in and join the program here at 888-914-9149, And Father, right before the break, you had mentioned uh, brown scapular. Uh, I'm wearing one right now. I wear it every day. Uh, it's one of those that a lot of people might be familiar with, it. Um, maybe you can kind of walk us through the history and why this is a sacramental, what, what its significance is for us as Catholics. All right. Sure. Okay. Um, I, the significance of that scapular is um, similar to the rosary, not the same thing, but similar. Uh, Mary uh, appeared to a Carmelite uh, priest or brother, St. Simon Stock, and uh, as a sign of love for her, faith in her intercession, that she he would wear a brown scapular. Now, scapular originally is you know it's sort of like a surplice. It's it's it covers from your shoulders to your waist. You know, it's part of the brown hab- habit of the Carmelites. If I got it right. All right. Anyway, that it evolved into wearing the scapula the way we wear it today. And Mary explained to St. Simon uh, why she wanted it. She wanted this as a sign. Okay, that's a sacramental. Sacra- sacrament also means sign. 
of her motherly love and her powerful maternal intercession to save that individual at the moment of death and on the following Saturday called the Sabbatine Privilege, uh, Sabatus uh, means uh, Saturday, it's Latin, it's also uh, Greek as well. Uh, the following Saturday, you will be released from purgatory. Um, so there's certain promises connected with that scapular. Now, okay, uh, that may beg a question. Oh, wow, is, is that a little bit superstition? And, you know, maybe not a bad superstition, but superstition nevertheless. As long as I wear that scapular, this token of good luck that, you know, I'm going to be saved and the following Saturday, I'm released from purgatory. Oh, I, I believe in those words. Okay, but that always presupposes uh, not, it, it's not a free lunch. Yeah. All I need to do is wear that scapular. No, uh, if I really believe, if I'm going to wear this as a sign, not as a good luck charm, that um, of my devotion to Mary, as a sign that I embrace Mary's words and that I want to follow her son, yes, that privilege is valid. You know, it's not dogma of the church, but it's part of the the spiritual Marian tradition of the church. And many people who are serious disciples of Christ, or at least want to be, wear that scapular. And so that's that's why it's important. Uh, it's faith. This is for something Our Lady wants. It's kind of um, a little bit of um, vestiture that I'm a follower of Mary, that I'm devoted to Mary. You know, very symbolic, but nevertheless, it's real. And is as long as I, you know, struggle to, you know, live the gospel, that Mary's intercession will kick in in a special way because I wear that scapular. I think I take the proper attitude towards it. But I highly recommend it. There's a little ceremony where the priest uh, imposes, he places the scapular and consecrates you to Mary, so it's very beautiful. And um, I can't recommend it enough. I wear it myself. You can wear a chain one, too, uh, but you have to, to be imposed, you have to wear the brown scapular, at least for the initial ceremony of being imposed. Well, you know, as you're talking about this too, you made reference, you know, is this a good luck charm? No. And it might be good for us to talk a little bit more about that because if somebody's just learning about sacramentals or they're looking from the outside in at the Catholic Church, they might look at sacramentals as somewhat superstitious. But there's a big difference between uh, superstition and then the use of sacramentals because if if I do something out of a sense of superstition, if I wear that scapular, or if I cross myself with holy water, if I pray a rosary with that kind of attitude, I, I end up having a mindset that I'm going to do something or say something that will bend God to my will, or I'll treat God kind of like a vending machine. And then the problem becomes that I'm not relying upon God, I'm rel- relying upon an object or an action or some words that I'm saying. But if I'm properly using a sacramental, then I'm going to have an attitude where I want this to be, I want it to draw me closer to God. I want that sacramental as a conduit 
Absolutely. that helps me grow closer to Christ, remind me of everything God's done for me, or it, it you know, allows me to ask for his help, uh, his mercy in my weakness. Exactly, exactly. Or, you know, I, I, sometimes the, the superstition, but it, it's superstition nevertheless, and that's not good. Um, I'm going to, you know, one gentleman said, well, I, I hold on to that ring rosary because the last time I had that ring rosary in my pocket, um, the, the, the basketball team I was coaching won. So I'm going to keep, uh, you know, that little ring rosary in my pocket. It's fine. It's innocent. But if that's all that little ring rosary, if that's the purpose it serves, well, then our Christian sacramentals are basically, you know, magic objects to get our, as you said very well, to give us good luck or to give us success. And that ain't the purpose of a sacramental. A sacramental is there to connect us with Christ. And um, fine, I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, asking that we win a game and have the rosary with me. But it can't just be. It's it's, it's sole function cannot be my success. I, you know, always a quiz. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna spray my book with holy water, uh, so I pass my exam. You know, and I will never forget to do the sign of the cross before a quiz. But if it weren't for the quiz, I'd never do a sign of a cross. Okay, <laughs> I think that's a distortion. Yeah, that's, of the that's problematic. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes. So, anyway, um, that's. But yes, I mean, pulling on a scapula with the idea is I'm proud of this scapular. Uh, this is a, a, a vestiture that, you know, symbolically in a very concrete way. Uh, reiterates my discipleship of Christ through the intercession of the Blessed Mother. That's a very good thing. Um, and, and we need sacramentals, not to diverge a little bit, but because we're, we're not angels, we're physical. And so we need these physical signs that point to the spiritual reality. And, right. and that's the, the purpose of both sacraments and sacramentals. Since we're flesh and blood, we need... Uh, physical signs in order to accentuate our spiritual life. Well, and that brown scapular, you know, the wool on it, when it kind of itches every once in a while, it not only is a sign for me, but it's it's a reminder at that moment, too. Oh, oh I'm wearing this for a specific reason, and it, it helps me remember what that is. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, Father you know, Peter... Then, sure. Oh, I was just going to say, we've got some uh, callers that are holding here, and I wanted to to get to them. So let's go to the phones, and I'll throw out the number one more time, 888-914-9149 here. As we're talking about sacramentals today on The Inner Life, and uh, what is that sacramental that has helped you on your faith journey? Hopefully it's more than even one. Hopefully there are many that you've used in your faith life. And how have they enriched your spiritual journey, helped you to grow in love and devotion to Christ, help, help to be that reminder for you of the things that Christ has done in your life. Or maybe you have a question about a, a sacramental, and you'd like to ask Father Peter, and you can call in at 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, we've got Susan, who's listening to us in Austin, Texas. Hi, Susan. You're on the air with Father Peter. Hi, Father Peter. Thank you for having me. Hi, Susan. Um, from my pleasure. Um, blessed salt, blessed oil, um, and uh, blessed candles and things like that. Um, and the Benedict, St. Benedict Medal and the Miraculous Medal, we're having actually a Miraculous Medal enrollment tomorrow for Our Lady's Feast of Parish. But I wanted to mention the Relic Stone of St. Michael from Gargano. It's a little pebble. 
insider reliquary that exorcists use and people use as a relic. It's where a, it's a basilica where St. Michael actually appeared numerous times. And I just wanted to give people the website if they wanted to have this this wonderful relic of St. Michael, um, a pebble where he, from the cave where he appeared in Gargano, Italy. And the website is stmichaelthearchangel.us. It's an approved congregation of the St. Michael, of St. Michael the Archangel, the Michaelite Fathers. And it's just a wonderful devotion of um, this um, Prince of the Heavenly Host that is our um, great helper of Orthodox Christians. So that's my comment. Thank you for having me. Josh, can you help me? I, she was going in and out on my phone. Yeah, so there's a relic, um, a, a small stone that comes in a reliquary, was what Susan right. was saying. And right. it's uh, at a place where St. Michael the Archangel appeared. Appeared in Gargano, Italy. Exactly. And so she was just recommending it's a wonderful uh, sacramental that people can use. I, I also think that's very interesting, because most of the time that I think of, re- I mean, almost exclusively all the time I think of relics, I think of humans, of past saints that have, you know, it, it, it's some item that's associated with them. A lot of times the third-class relics, the ones that have been, you know, a piece of cloth or something that's touched to either the bone of a saint or some special item that was connected with that saint. To think about a relic of an angel, that's a pretty unique relic. Very. And, and the, the thing is, you could never have a first-class relic of an angel uh, because an angel is totally spiritual. So second class, yeah. I mean, if he's on that, well, I'd have to really talk to experts because an angel can take, he's not incarnated, but he can manipulate matter, according to Thomas Aquinas. Uh, for example, when uh, the an angel visited St. Rocco because he was banished from Florence because he caught the bubonic plague, an angel appeared that it's not dogma by any stretch of the imagination, would come to him as a dog. That's why you know images of St. Rocco are always with a dog with a, a loaf of bread in his mouth, bringing it to St. Rocco in the woods where he was banished from Florence because he had the, the plague. Uh, you could make a case that they could manipulate matter, and maybe that's... Could be, but uh, you're right, though. You know, it's not that easy to get a relic of an angel. Uh, so... Uh, I wonder what's left of that rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, let's talk about relics just by themselves for a minute, because that's something that we can see those sacramentals. There are specific references to uh, that sort of use in Scripture. Very specifically, the one that comes to my mind is where uh, Paul, he, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, he is so busy and doesn't have time to go out and meet all of the people who are asking for his help, for his prayers, for you know the ability to be healed. And so they take a handkerchief that Paul has used, and I, you know, something that he basically just touched, and they give it out and pass it around. And the people who have access to this, then they're able to have those prayers answered, or they have this healing that happens. Can you talk about? the sacramental power that we see there in relics and and why they are so important for us? They're important for us because um, a number of reasons. First of all, the human body is not a typical animal body. It's physical, but the human body is totally inspired and formed, integrated into a spiritual soul. 
holiness. So the human body is always seen as sacred. Um, it's an expression of the soul. You know, um, you know someone's kind by his facial expressions. You know, someone is cheerful because he or she has a smile, on and on and on, or an embrace, so those kinds of things. Uh, the relic is just, it's, it's the respect we have of an individual who has reached heroic sanctity, heroic discipleship. And so he, his body was used, or her body was used in such a way that he or she became a saint. And, you know, a canonization is an infallible act of the church. So that's number one. So it's to respect. Again, it's not, you know, if I have that relic, uh, I'm going to have a fine, smooth day. No, that's not, you don't want to make it superstitious. And it's not macabre either. It's that respect and veneration of an instrument. The body's the instrument of the soul. That has reached perfect sanctity. And also, we have relics in order to, as a way of enhancing uh, our prayer of intercession to that saint for specific favors. You know, St. Anthony's the go-to person when you lose something. But again, it's the, the, the devotion to the saints cannot be limited to just smooth sailing. The devotion to the saint, at least implicitly, should be, okay, this is someone I have to emulate because he's a saint. And I have that relic because of my high respect for, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit that made this person a saint. Now, there's certain relics that other, there's other saints who cannot give off relics because they're incorrupt. You know, St. Catherine Labouret, St. Bernadette, St. Teresa Lisieux, they just look like they're, they're as good as new, mm-hmm. you know, um, for, you know, well over maybe a couple of centuries, maybe even more than that. So, um, but... Yes, relics, are, and you need a reliquary. It's just a kind of an apparatus that you place the relic in. It's a sign of respect. You know, it's sort of like framing a beautiful painting. So, that's, Wonderful. that's what a relic is. And the first-class relic is the actual part of the body of the, the, the saint. It could be a bone. It could be a, a, a strand of hair. Uh, second class is, uh, I think it's the clothing they wore that touched their body. Uh, third class would be, you know, you're at a saint's tomb, and your rosary touches the tomb, so that's third class. It's further removed. And again, it's 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 these are physical, external ways of making a spiritual act of faith and devotion to Christ through His saints. Our spiritual director today, Father Peter Armenio, as we talk about sacramentals, about those different uh, ways that we can help improve our disposition to receive the sacraments, those things that help us in our spiritual journey, and what sacramentals have helped you in your spiritual journey? How have they enriched your spiritual life? How have they helped you to grow closer to Christ? Or maybe you have a question about a sacramental and our studio line that you can call in and be part of the show today, 888-914-9149, email address innerlife at relevantradio.com. More of your phone calls and more with Father Peter Armenio coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. 
Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director is Father Peter Armenio, a priest of Opus Dei. And today we're talking about sacramentals, about uh, how those sacramentals help us to, it improves our disposition to receive the sacraments, to grow closer to Christ. And what are the sacramentals that have helped you in that way, that have helped to enrich your spiritual life, helped you to grow in your love and your relationship with Jesus Maybe you have a question about a particular sacramental, and that's why Father Peter is here. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. Linda is listening to us in Montgomery, Texas. Hi, Linda. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Hello. Uh, yeah. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, go right ahead. You're on the air with Father Peter. I was raised in a Catholic church at Saint San Jose in Austin, where my family literally uh, built the church with uncles building the siding and the roofing and the plumbing. So when we went to church, my family was in the mass, and I would see them tap their heart when the ringing of the bells of the Holy Eucharist being performed. So I really thought that was respect, but I kind of am confused of what exactly was that uh, pertained to. Uh, The tapping of the heart uh, is, in this case, it is an act of humility. Uh, It's an act of appreciation that Christ has come to you, come to me especially, you know, at the elevation of the chalice and of the host. Um, you hit your heart, or, Lord, I'm not worthy. To get that you, you come under my roof, so it's an appreciation of the love God has for you. So, basically, some I don't know where it began, but it signifies, it's the literally the body language of, I am humbled and I appreciate this gesture of love. I adore you. I mean, that's basically, uh, there's a lot packed into that gesture. It's most sort of lost, not for everybody, but um, it's sort of lost, but that's the origin, that's the significance of beating your heart with your hand or your fist. Linda, thanks for calling in today. And, you know, Father, as she talks about that, you mentioned earlier in the program the incense that we might see at Mass, and how that's a sacramental used during the celebration of Mass. As Linda talks about the bells that are rung at that time of consecration, um, you know, when we walk into or walk out of a Catholic church, it's very, very uh, common for us to uh, cross ourselves with holy water, we renew our baptismal promises. Uh, So some of those sacramentals we're just going to encounter them by simply going to Mass every Sunday. But for the sake of argument, let's say that I go through my life, and outside of Mass, outside of what I encounter there every Sunday, 
I don't seek out using sacramentals at any other point in my life. What do you think I'm missing in my spiritual life by not incorporating some different sacramentals uh, in my spiritual routine, my spiritual journey, uh, the rest of Monday through Saturday when I'm not at Mass? Well, I think what happens is that, you know, our love for God has to be expressed in a human way. I think, theoretically, without any sacramentals, without any external signs or gestures of our faith and our love, or signs that remind us of the gospel, of our salvation, of Christ, I think we could run the risk of superficiality and, and, and being too vague in our spiritual life, and it may have, I know I'm generalizing, uh, less personal bearing. You know, if I don't see a crucifix, if I don't see a rosary, if in my house I don't have an image of Mary, if I don't have a crucifix, uh, at at best, my spiritual life will be too ethereal, too uh, too much in the stratosphere. Uh, at worst, uh, I could be completely uh, oblivious to the presence of God until I go back to Mass on Sunday. So the, the, these sacramentals are also reminders. And, you know, they appeal to human nature. I mean, they're physical. You know, it's, it's water. It's a dead man on a cross. It's it's beads with, you know, a little image of Mary and a crucifix on it. It's a, it's a artistic image of the mother of God, who is our mother as well. We need that to get more personal with the Lord, to grow in piety, uh, because we have a physical nature, and our piety has to be rooted in the physical. It goes beyond it, but it has to be rooted in the physical. That's why the sacraments are physical signs of a spiritual reality. You know, one of the ones that I think is very popular this time of year, we see it in uh, pretty much any parish that we walk into, uh, but a lot of Catholic families will do this at their homes as well. We have Advent wreaths, and so we're yeah. lighting those candles that help us focus on different virtues each week. And hopefully it's more than just, again, you know, lighting a candle for the sake of lighting a candle. Hopefully it right. does help us to enter in to uh, whether it is hope or joy or peace or, you know, any of those, those different virtues that we focus on from week to week during Advent. Yes. And the fact that, you know, those candles are purple, is, uh, again, that's a sacramental. I mean, the light candle is the light of Christ. Uh, the candle, the wax being consumed is, signifies uh, his sacrificial offering. You know, he's consuming himself. And for our benefit, it's, uh, you know, green is a sign of life. Um, and that's why, you know, Christ is the light of life. And the candles are, you know, represent also the weeks of penance in pre- preparation of uh, the birth of our Lord. And so there's purple, which is a, the color of penance. There's one rose. Uh, basically, rose means be joyful. That penance is going to lead to a great good. Uh, you're almost you're almost there. So that's what the uh, rose color. And, and if, if, you, if you can afford it, the priest will have a rose chasuble. But the problem is that that chasuble probably costs over a thousand dollars, and you can only use it twice a year. You know, for, <laughs> yeah. Fourth Sunday of Lent to third Sunday of Advent. But anyway, it's worth it. I don't yeah. have one, though. I can't afford it. 
Well, that's that's uh, yeah. No, I I always remember that uh, in one of our other parishes that we attended, where um, they would have those rose-colored vestments, um, and it really did make that Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent, really stand out. Uh, exactly. Father, how about how about for you? You know, it, just personally, is there are there one or two sacramentals in your life that have really made a difference for you? That have been something that have impacted you in a strong way that you would recommend to anybody listening and say this is this is why it's important and this is how it's helped me? Yes, um, to be very honest, um, the crucifix, I mean, a, a, re- a represent, representational crucifix uh, helps me personally because I'm reminded that part of discipleship is to uh, honor Christ on the cross and join him on the cross, number one. And number two, that looking at that crucifix um, is a sign uh, that Christ will accompany me in my much lesser crosses and lighten it up because it's his cross, not mine. And just to see the love of God revealed through this suffering God-man who hangs on the cross. So that's my personal thing. So I always want to look at that crucifix. Uh, to find perseverance, to find fidelity, to find meaning, and to find, you know, a beautiful, you know, uh, graphic revelation of God's love. And a close second is the rosary, uh, that shortcut to uh, maternal intercession, uh, that Mary is a shortcut to union with Christ. You know, all these, especially these contemporary saints, we're all very devoted to Mary, so, you know, and the rosary is in meditation on the Word of God. So I would say the rosary is probably a close second, you know, in, yeah. at least for me. Well, yeah, I think you're probably echoing what a lot of uh, a lot of listeners would hold as maybe their top couple there as well. You know, another thing that strikes me here, and, and we're getting really short on time, but as we drive around our neighborhoods this time of year, we actually get to see in the yards of so many different homes— uh, sacramentals that are out on the lawn, and I'm talking specifically nativity sets. That's That there by itself go. would be another uh, sacramental that we have access to, and even non-Catholics have those out in their yards. Exactly, and it's a catechesis in itself, because, you know, we Christians, as we mull over what went on, this is the greatest event in the history of creation, by far. And that, the, that we believe in a God that has become a little baby in a cave, that blows your mind. And let's face it, even in this sophisticated, pseudo-sophisticated 21st century, people have not gotten over that yet, in a good sense, that this is really what we believe. And all this commercialization, you know, ultimately traces back to that, that event uh, 2,000 plus years ago in Bethlehem. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful sacramental. Maybe that's a close third. <laughs> Well, so if somebody's listening and they're saying, okay, I'd like to learn a little bit more about sacramentals and have a little bit more information on their background or what other sacramentals might be out there that we just haven't had time to cover today, any uh, resources that you might suggest for somebody? Well, I would uh, go to, um, you know, see what's available in these uh, religious goods stores, Catholic religious goods stores, you know, emphasize Catholic because... If it's it's non-Catholic Christian, I don't think you're going to find too many sacramentals, even though they use ashes on Ash Wednesday now, which, 
it's a good thing, but one of the, the original reasons for breaking away was the sacramentals, one of the reasons. Um, I would I would get a scapular, I would purchase an image of Mary, a crucifix, a rosary. I would also get holy water. Um, that's that to me. That's a good start. Um, you know, without uh, moving heaven and earth, if you have a relic as well uh, that uh, would enhance your devotion, I those are some of the sacramentals you could have. Um, a nativity scene, obviously, you know, under your tree or in, on your front lawn, uh, which will you know prove very beneficial. So those are a few uh, standard sacramentals that I highly recommend, and it'll. It will, you know, enhance the Christian culture in your home as well to have those sacraments. Not being excessive either, but in, in good taste to have them strategically placed in your house. Uh, yeah, right. And again, it's it's a reminder of the spiritual reality that surrounds us. Father Peter, down to about 20 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer a blessing as we conclude the hour? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Your, we thank you by giving us your Son and all these images and symbols of his presence and love for us. We ask us to make good use of these gifts that we call sacraments and sacramentals through Christ our Lord in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Have a great Amen. Christmas. Hey, thank you so much, you too, Father Peter. All right, thank you. And uh, again, Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei, is our spiritual director. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about our Blessed Mother, the Immaculate Conception, as well as Our Lady of Guadalupe. I hope you can join us here on The Inner Life for that. We'll talk with you then.